Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 29 of the Set the Tone podcast. I am your host, Tony. We are going to set the tone, but you can also follow along on Twitter, which none of you seem to do, at setthetone underscore pod. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod. You can get involved. You can tweet at me. You can give me some ideas so you don't have to listen to me sit here. Maybe you like doing this, but... I don't know, do things like complain about a broken dryer in my basement. I have this newly renovated man cave slash studio slash office, really high production value that we have going on here, yet I have this dryer that incessantly just beeps. It beeps and beeps and beeps and I have to unplug it. Now it doesn't start. God! So, Costco... Deliver a new dryer needed. I mean, it's old. What do you expect? When you get old, you get replaced. It's like anything. Business. Sports. You get old, you get replaced. Unless I had the Tom Brady of dryers, I don't. I don't know. I thought about going outside and putting a wash line in the ground because that might at least work, but nothing seems to work. So... We recap week one of the NFL season. You would think I'm in a happy mood. The Dolphins win. Had a great fight night Saturday night with Nate Diaz beating Tony Ferguson in a stellar main event after Hamzat Shemaev had a pullout. We were just some complete chaos at UFC 279. That was fun. The Dolphins winning. That was fun. Week one in general, the inaugural week of the NFL season in the man cave. I should be happy. And we still have more football tonight. I should be happy. Even better yet, I know I did give, I said survivor pick of the week. It was subject to change because it was so early. I gave the Broncos over the Seahawks. I still believe in the Broncos. I went with the Colts, uh, or rather I went with the Ravens over the Jets, where the Colts tying with the Texans took some people out. The Bengals took some people out. There was some chaos this week in survivor pools, not just in my world, but worldwide as we faced a little bit of anarchy in week one. It's always fun for us to deal with. If we go ahead and look at a breakdown here of you know some general percentages of, of what people took, of course I can't find it. Who the hell cares at this point because it's lost and we just have to go with it. But the Colts is a big one. The Giants over the Titans, that is one from miles and miles away. You listen to this program, we saw coming Saquon Barkley, a little bit of a rookie renaissance, we could say. He shows some good form, bust for about 160 yards, put a touchdown on the board, big time two-point conversion, the Giants win. So I guess we're kicking the show off talking with the Giants and Brian Dable, who ripped in to Daniel Jones on the sideline, and maybe that's what's needed. Maybe Brian Dable ripping into Daniel Jones is what's needed to get the best out of him, but they seem to be a little bit alive now in the NFC East. The Eagles look good. I said they seem to be the most complete team on paper. I get well-rounded and in a division that I expect to be relatively weak. That's a big win for them, but also giving up 35 points to the Lions, who once Dan Campbell took over play-calling duties last year, seemed to get things to be trending in the right direction. But it was really a pick six from off Jared Goff, is that if we can even speak, put the Eagles in the right direction. 38-35, they beat the Lions. What is funny about the way Hard Knocks was produced 
I did think we got a pretty confident feeling. Not about the Lions as a team, but that Aaron Glenn had the defense kind of firing on all cylinders. That did not seem to be the case in week one as Jalen Hurts had his way. Miles Sanders found the end zone first time in a long time. Uh, for Miles Sanders, the former good good week for Penn State running backs. John Dotson found the end zone twice. Well, Penn State wider. The Penn State offense take Allen Robinson out of the mix a little bit. Penn State offense did a darn good job this week. Even Trace McSorley got some run in Arizona. And talk about an absolute comedy there and laying an egg. Kyler Murray gets paid, and this is one of the things why I will never pick Kyler Murray to win a big game. I will. He is one of the guys I will let beat me until I start to believe him. You have an opportunity week one to show up and compete with Kansas City. Flat out, do not do it. And I'm not going to blame this on the defense. The offense didn't show up either. And the offense is supposed to be the strongest. And I get that DeAndre Hopkins is out, but you have Hollywood Brown there. I get that Rondell Moore's out. Still have James Conner. Cardinals are in some trouble. The Cardinals are going to be in big-time trouble, and especially if their wagon is hitched to Kyler Murray. What they're going to need to do is they're going to need to trade Kyler Murray at some point in this deal. That's what's going to happen. He will enter the trade market at some point. I'm not saying it's this year. Could be the offseason. Could be next year. That is what, if you look into the crystal ball, Kyler Murray will be on a trading block coming to you soon. That's my prediction. I think if we make it even a little bit juicier, does... The long-term view of Dak Prescott, does that change? The injury to Dak Prescott, does that make things interesting? Could we see Kyler Murray come to Dallas at some point? Is that a new shiny toy for Jerry Jones? I mean, listen, things are going to where they're welcome in Dallas. We know how Jerry Jones likes to operate. It has not been good over the past 25 years. So could he make some potentially more poor decisions? I like Dak Prescott. I don't love the team that's around him. I think Ezekiel Elliott is over the hill. Tampa Bay seemed to expose Dallas a lot last night. And they didn't even look that great. Tampa Bay did. But Dallas really struggled. Now Dak Prescott being out, what we're hearing, anywhere between six to eight weeks. That is going to be a challenge for Dallas. And I think they have four primetime games in that spot. Or in that time frame, they have four primetime games. Talk about a clunker. But the NFL and these cable networks, they hitch their wagon to the Dallas Cowboys. Here's the thing, though. With how big the NFL is and how big the Dallas Cowboys fan base is, you're still going to pull numbers. They pull numbers for lousy Thursday night football games. So they're still going to pull numbers for the Dallas Cowboys. That is the machine that the NFL is. So however many numbers they want to pull they will go ahead and do so. So I'm not concerned about their primetime TV window. Yeah, does it suck a little bit for the diehard football fan or their other games that maybe you would rather see? Sure. I think there's other games that you would rather see if Dak Prescott were still healthy too. But the Cowboys move the needle, and that's what you do in a sport that has a large 
casual fan base. So taking it around week one, a solid win for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens as they go into New York, Meadowlands, New Jersey, beat the Jets. We're waiting in the wings tonight with the Broncos and Seahawks as Russell Wilson makes his return to now Lumen Field in Soto, Seattle. The season kicked off with the Bills absolutely shellacking the Rams. I'm not out on the Rams. Much like the Rams and the Packers struggled in week one. Can we can we pump the brakes just a little bit? I, I It is overreaction Monday, week one. Joe Burrow struggled with the Bengals. Can we pump the brakes just a little bit? Let it settle. And hey, how about, and we know this is a special teams program, how about special teams being the big difference this week I don't know what on earth happened with that first for that first Chris Boswell missed field goal in overtime but a blocked field goal for the Pittsburgh Steelers to send the game into overtime and a miss from Evan McPherson that all stems from you have having to utilize a backup long snapper the first incident a snap too slow timing is off Steelers were able to block the kick the second High snap, Kevin Huber has to bring it down, doesn't get the ball around in enough time, and McPherson shanks it. So for those that sit out there and say, oh, it's just a kicker, doesn't mean anything, you'd like, you would like when your special team, you would like, um, I think it's good we can liken a kicker to a ref. Or any special teams position to a ref. You'd like to not know their name. It means they're not being heard from. They're doing their job. But the only reason you know their name is because they're doing a poor job. That to the ca- that to the casual fan. That is how I would position that. The casual fan would does not have to know the long snapper, punter, or kicker's name. If they do. Right, like the Billy Cundiffs of the world missing kicks for the Ravens. What was that game? Twenty is that twenty ten? Billy Cundiff lost an opportunity for the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. Might have been. You look it up on the internet. There was someone who lit a Billy Cundiff jersey on fire that night. And for those who are even following along here with who Billy Cundiff is, Billy Cundiff had to fail so we could get the greatness that is Justin Tucker. So for that, we thank you, Billy Cundiff, for allowing Justin Tucker to succeed entirely in the NFL. Moving on. Uh, Big win for the Miami Dolphins is, right, I should be happier about, but we still have appliance issues in the home. Uh, We cannot be. You know, Mike McDaniel had coaching debut. He wins the Dolphins' defense 3-0 and in the turnover battle. That's the big determining factor. I think everybody wants to rush to judgment on Tua Tagovailoa. I think there were situational things. Tua did not do great. But Tua looked about as... I mean, about as good as... as one. He could look better. Sure. Um, I don't know. The way the offense... I, I thought Tua took everything that was in front of him. I'll put it that way. And, you know, I didn't think the offensive line for the Dolphins was great. They didn't get a run game going. You have a run game that's moving a little bit. It starts to open things up. And talk about the Patriots, too. For the people that think Bill Belichick is overrated, calm down. 
it is nice to have Tom Brady. That's a big part of this entire, you know, the entire success. The reason why Brady's successful, reason why Belichick's successful. Uh, but also Belichick, I'm not going to scrutinize Belichick the coach. I'm going to scrutinize Belichick the GM. At this point, I don't think he's put a great team on the field. He's hitched his wagon to Mac Jones. I think, and I've said this before, that the Patriots set up a very good offense that allow you, much like what the Dolphins, I think, tried to implement, is you get a run game going and you take everything the defense gives you and they do such a good job coaching up their players to just take that. Nothing more, nothing less than when you have a guy like Tom Brady. He's the one who's able to go over the top in certain situations and take a little bit more, right? Mac Jones is not there. Maybe at some point he does get there. I don't think he will. I think what we see Mac Jones is as right now is the best Mac Jones you're going to get, right? Where as younger quarterbacks, you like to see them grow, develop. We'll take Josh Allen as an example. He's someone you saw that there was potential to get something more out of him. It's a question of would you, but he didn't plateau as much or come out of college as a finished product. I don't think Tua Tungavailoa is a finished product either. I don't think he has as high of a ceiling as Josh Allen, just watching those two and the sample size that we have. But I think there's an ability for him to be a better quarterback than what he was in years prior and a good enough quarterback in the AFC, especially with this defense that Miami has, to be a problem. And again, it's early in the season. We could see things shift very much as as we move along. But it's still a big week one win for the Dolphins, still a big week one win for the Bills, even though if you don't think the Patriots and Rams were as good as one might have hoped. Right? You get off, you get 1-0, and and you move on. People are going to cancel out Trey Lance. It was a sloppy game in Chicago. I'd like to see more. But here's what Trey Lance is going to have the issue of. Every syndicate show that you listen to, whether it's NFL Network, whether it's on local radio, national radio, and they want to talk about Trey Lance, well, what's going to follow when I say the name Trey Lance to a football fan? The thought that follows is Jimmy G sitting behind him. That's dangerous. Is it? I think so. And, and, and it is. The issue that I have with Jimmy G, and it's the same thing that Tua dealt with, in Miami, very similar here. And again, I'm not just talking about the play on the field, but every time they do something wrong, they're scrutinizing it automatically goes to the backup quarterback, right? So where that bleeds in is, well, you have to be mentally tough, right? That That is the comment I heard time and time again, too. You have to be mentally tough. Who's to say two is not? Who's to say Trey Lance is not mentally tough? But can you tell me quarterbacks that tend to succeed how often they have to go through this sort of scrutiny. Young quarterbacks, right? This isn't a Brett Favre situation where Rodgers is going to sit behind him for three years. You know? That's not the situation we're looking at. This is not... It's a young quarterback who they're ready to pull the rug out from under. And I don't think that's fair to Trey Lance. I'm not here to say that Trey Lance is going to be the next Steve Young. I don't think he is. I don't know that a guy who played one year of FCS football is necessarily warranted as the, as the third pick. I think you could chalk some you know, mistakes up to the football operations and scouting departments in San Francisco. That's the argument you want to make sure. But as far as we want to talk about giving Trey Lance a fair shake, I don't think the way the Niners are structuring this is the way to do it. That's just my opinion. And in my, also in my opinion, I think... 
the best you think you can get out of Trey Lance, you do jeopardize that a little bit by giving him the mental hurdles to jump through. We've seen to be an elite quarterback in the NFL is hard enough. To learn it as a young professional, pretty difficult. So you're going to throw another element in there? I'm just going off of experience here of watching years and years of football doesn't tend to work itself out. So I'm not ready to you know freak out on the San Francisco 49ers. Other notes around the league, Carson Wentz looked okay. He looked like Carson Wentz did in Washington. Um, again, two touchdown passes to Jahan Dotson, a big hookup with Terry McLaurin. Chargers look good, beat the Raiders. Raiders came on late. Devontae Adams, he's going to be a problem. Uh, you know who's going to be a problem and has been a problem? Justin Jefferson. The Packers, a potential top five defense we talked about. Going to be a wagon, really good. Yeah, someone needs to cover Justin Jefferson. You talk about a bona fide problem week in and week out. It's going to be that guy. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he could close his eyes, throw the football, and Justin Jefferson's going to find it. That's what it seemed like watching that game against Green Bay yesterday. There was a green patch of grass, and Justin Jefferson found it. That is some high-level, fun wide receiver play to watch. So between him, Tariq Hill, Jamar Chase, who made some incredible catches that were unfortunately called out of bounds, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Philly, you have a lot of good wide receiver play in the NFL. And in a pass-happy league, you're going to see a lot of this week in and week out on the highlights. So we know Dak Prescott's out for six to eight weeks. I think part of the conversation today carrying the football freight is who do the Cowboys turn to? It seems like it's going to be Cooper Rush. What doesn't necessarily give me too much confidence about Cooper Rush is, well, yes, the run game is going to struggle a little bit now. I do love that Dalton Schultz uh, will still be in the mix with Cooper Rush here. But the fact that after the preseason, Cooper Rush and Wild Bill Greer, who's about 30 years old, after playing at West Virginia and Florida, is on the practice squad and will inevitably be moved into a backup quarterback position here. Uh, number two on the depth chart after Prescott is moved to the injured reserve for a period of time. Is that both him and Cooper Rush were cut. They were let go, cleared waivers, came back to Dallas. Now, I'll use Hard Knocks as an example here. The Lions, let's say, they brought in a guy like Nate, um, yeah, Nate Sudfeld. They bring in Nate Sudfeld. You're telling me that Cooper Rush or Will Greer is not better than Nate Sudfeld? That's an issue. That is going to be a big issue for the Dallas Cowboys. So do they have to look elsewhere? I mean, I think it would be smart for them to look elsewhere and think of some other potential quarterback fits that would enter the mix. You would want a guy, I guess you want a guy that knows 
the Cowboys offense. You want a guy that knows potentially the NFC East. I think a really good fit would be a guy like Gardner Minshew. Now, the Eagles trading Gardner Minshew to the Cowboys would not work out necessarily. We could bring Jimmy G into the fold here, but does Jimmy G kind of... I mean, he's cheap. The Cowboys can af- most likely can afford him. They might have to jostle around some cap space. Could that be a potential fit? Do you target a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's recently retired? What's the move that you do if you're the Dallas Cowboys? Because it's week one. You're not in a strong division. I think all the teams at some point here could be capable. Giants, I think the Eagles are the best. I've told you I think they're going to win the division. I think they're the most well-rounded but by no means are they a world beater. Right? They're prone to mistakes. So it would be kind of foolish for the Cowboys to give up at this point in time after one bad week on the NFC East. My opinion? I mean, do you go Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh? There's an option. But the issue with Mason, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Mason Rudolph is any better than Cooper Rush. That's what's alarming, that the Cowboys put themselves in this opportunity where they don't have that great of a quarterback. You know, there's the Huntley kid in Baltimore who's good. I doubt that they trade him because of Lamar. you're a Lamar Jackson injury away from needing that. See, that's what's nice about a Huntley-type character, someone who comes off the bench and can be really dynamic. I don't think Miami trades Teddy Bridgewater. I think I mean Cam Newton would be great in this spot, but he, in my opinion, is over the hill. Body's taking a lot of wear and tear, and right, he's far from 2015 Cam Newton at this point. Last year, you look at Mitch. See, Mitch Trubisky would be a good type of guy that you bring in, but it's someone who's dynamic, who's athletic enough, and can shake up some games. Would be a good Cowboys quarterback in this spot, or that's a guy to have on your bench. They're just dynamic enough to become a problem and as a backup. I don't know what the Cowboys do. I, I I mean, I believe they stick with Cooper Rush. I just don't think that that's the answer for them. And unfortunately, I think it's, to a degree, throwing in the towel this early in the season. But that's just my view of Cooper Rush as a quarterback. Week two, we look on um, to the games that will present themselves next week. Anything big? Any big overreactions that we have? Week two, Chargers-Chiefs, good Thursday night game. Browns-Jets, Lions-Commanders, Saints-Bucks. Saints with a big comeback win over the Falcons. That's a kick in the teeth for the Falcons. Had that one in the grasp and, and dropped it. Colts, Jags, the AFC South, nobody with a win this week. That's a tough one to take. Ravens, Dolphins, sneaky good game. Obviously biased there, but another test for Miami. They go on the road to Baltimore. Bengals, Cowboys, you would like to see, and that one's in Dallas, you would like to see the Bengals bounce back in a big way. Raiders, Cardinals, that I think is a big game. You want to see the Raiders bounce back. What kind of makeup does Kyler Murray have after a Big loss laying an egg. Packers, Bears, I'd like to see, and hopefully there's 
not a downpour of rain. Justin Fields be a little bit more dynamic and a Bears offense that run, but they took it took it with the elements and they put themselves in a big position to win. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers bounce back. It, people are going to have clunkers in Week One. And then there are go- those who are going to put this as an indictment on the player's talent uh, and what we're going to expect for the remainder of the season. I don't think that's the case. Something tells me Aaron Rodgers will bounce back and be just fine. I mean, if you want to take a bet, again, this is against my survivor pick strategy, but if you want a lock of the week, I would think the Packers are a pretty good bet. Aaron Rodgers in an FU game, I'll take that one. He's been here before. He's a professional. He's a Hall of Famer. He will be just fine. Again, the speak of the survivor, the reason I moved away from the Broncos, mind you, uh, tonight is because I looked at the Ravens' schedule, and it was one that I thought was a little bit trickier than what I would have liked. Their easiest games in about the first 12 weeks were the Jets on the road, on the road, still never tough or never easy. And there was a Giants game on the road as well. I, I think the Ravens are a better team than the Giants, but still a tricky game. Whereas I was comparing them with the Broncos. We turn around to next week, and the Broncos get the Texans at home. See, that's one game there. I'd rather take Denver in that spot. And you can see how they look this week. How does Russell Wilson look with the offense? So that's where I think I bounce back and go with the Broncos next week in the survivor pool. I might have another podcast for y'all. We'll see if we get a new dryer delivered in that due time as well. But if we go with the segment of survivor pick of the week, we're locking in with the Broncos. There's two Monday night games next week. Bills Titans from Buffalo, 715 on ESPN. Eagles Vikings, 830 on ABC is the game. And I think this Thursday, that's the first Amazon broadcast, Chiefs Chargers, live from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Herbert Mahomes, that'll be a fun one. So they get a good billing, first one there. Uh, Again, around the league, kind of just ran through it there, the week two preview. Trilogy fight between Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez this weekend. If you all want to have some fun with that, um... I'm going to watch. Am I interested? No. Golovkin won the first fight. Uh, if you have arguments about that, you need your head examined. It was not a draw. I will argue Golovkin won the second fight. Canelo won it via decision. The judges in boxing are corrupt. The promoters in boxing are corrupt. That is a known fact. I do not expect at this point for Golovkin to win the fight. This is a straight page out of Floyd Mayweather's playbook that Canelo has taken. He waited for Pacquiao. Mayweather waited for Pacquiao to get old and fought him. Canelo waited for Golovkin to get older. And Golovkin still competed with him. Now, at this point, as a third fight in the 40s, yeah, give me a break. Nevertheless, interesting weekend of sports ahead. Notre Dame struggling a little bit in the college ranks. Alabama hung on by the skin of their teeth to beat Texas, who was left with a backup quarterback. A tough week for Texas football. A&M goes down. Cowboys lose. Texans lose. Texas 
loses to Alabama as well. Struggles all around. We'll see you all next week for the Dirty 30, maybe later this week, the hell if I know, the Dirty 30 episode. We can talk some baseball here as it moves on. Some fun things going on. Albert Pujols continues to chase 700 home runs. We set the tone for this week. Talk to you all soon.